listening to Soul Knox Podcast, and I'm your host, Carl Hikara, and this is episode number 93, and on this week on the podcast is the very first episode of 2024, and uh, so yes, I appreciate everybody for listening, hope everybody enjoyed the uh, New Year's Eve episode they released, and uh, we're kicking it into 2024, and the first episode of the year is going to be with uh, GK from the band Koo, uh, from uh, Finland. And uh, he's actually from from Turkey, which comes up in conversation. We kind of discuss that. We discuss um, esotericism, as he is also very much involved with the esoteric arts. And uh, we get into black metal and um, a lot of different stuff. So it's a pretty good episode. Enjoyed the conversation. I'm a big fan of of what he does with Ku. Um, the new album is fucking amazing. Of course, the new album is... Uh, called apotheosis the light of all lights and um it'll definitely be appearing in my top 40 of 2024 or 2023 sorry so you can definitely uh count on that and um there's a reason yeah and we've been connected on the social media for a while and i've been noticing that he's uh seemed like a cool guy to try to talk to so got him on here definitely gonna want to get him back on at some point um and have another conversation so yeah hope you guys enjoyed this one um it's always always a pleasure talking with somebody who's very who's also serious about esotericism within black metal and uh, all that kind of stuff it's always uh always a pleasure so um so yeah so that's what's going on this week and um of course um, I believe the one on episode on Sunday is going to be um, with Brandon Legion um, and kicking off a kind of new, hopefully ongoing off and on series all about guitar talk. So talking about guitar gear, um, getting um, into tone, you know, what do you go for, what he goes with where tone and gear and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I want to get rest of my brothers from the horsemen who play guitar on on about this as well so i'm gonna definitely try to track down and get mike hill and and um and evan and uh yeah maybe even like uh cheyenne and everybody on and ralph i'd love to talk to ralph because he's got a really great guitar tone but um i'm really into to that, talking about that kind of stuff and finding out like where people come from in terms of what why they choose what they choose and what inspired them um so might not be for everybody, but it's something that I want to start really kicking kicking off and getting more into. Um, I did an episode, the episode I did with Obsidian Shrine. With um, we did with um, Kr, we did get into gear talk. So which was appropriate as a yeah something that I want to get into more with the with the podcast. So it won't be something that's all the time, but it'll be uh, happening here and there as I get the episodes recorded. So I can uh, look forward to that if you're a guitar player, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, we'll go from there. Um, I got to double check my calendar, but um, we got uh, episodes, I believe, coming up uh, outside of that with, um, yeah, with Cold Burial, the band Cold Burial. And then we have an episode with uh, the great artist Ledger Domain. So those are in the bag recorded um and uh, yeah i gotta start getting caught up on uh t- january because uh i don't have that much recorded right now because the holidays kicked my ass so but uh we'll i'll get ahead again don't worry but um i'll get in my plugs and then we'll get into the episode um of course i belong to the uh 
band, a uh, uh, gang of podcasters called the Horsemen of the Podcast Apocalypse, which is every other Monday. You have Horror Wolf 666 with Brandon Legion. And you, actually, you can actually check out the episode that came out um, two days ago on Monday. Brandon and I did an episode all about um, talking about uh, our top uh, top five winter kind of winter slash holiday horror movies movies that we like to watch in um, in this time of year you know basically from like November you know through you know February March you know the type of type of movies that we go for in this time of year and uh, of course it was appropriate because the movie End of Days is in my list there and we the last episode I just put up was of course End of Days so go check that out and then every Tuesday you have Into the Necrosphere with Jackie Schmidt Every Wednesday, you have Everything Went Black with Mike Hill. And, of course, Mike and I uh, have our series that we do split between the podcasts called um, Darkness Weaves, all about the work of Carl Edward Wagner. Um, and right now, we're working on the, the Kane stories and novels, which are all on uh, Kindle, so you can check that out. Every Thursday, you have Necromaniacs with Mike Hill, Mike Scandato, and Jeff Kashid. Um, every... Uh, Maybe, uh, sorry, I just like lost in place. Every Friday you have uh, Spitball Media. And then at intermediate times when he wants has an episode to put out, we got uh, Cheyenne with Trivax with Iblis Manifestations. So uh, so that's what's up. Check out all the horsemen. Follow everybody on social media. Uh, rate everybody on whatever streaming, whatever app you're using. And um, spread the word. We appreciate it very much. And uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me at either my name or at Denver Underground Radio, which is the online radio station I run. Um, we have shows live every Tuesday and Thursday night from 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and you can listen to those live at DenverUndergroundRadio.com. There's a little uh, play button right there. You click if you want to tune in while we're doing it live. And uh, you can always check out the set list on Instagram and find also in the story archives uh, links to all the uh, the playlists on Spotify that we do. So, yeah, check that out. And you can get all the stuff about the podcast as well. Uh, one-stop shop. And finally, I have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash soul podcast. $2 a month and you get two to four bonus episodes a month. And you also... Um, also get to help support the podcast and keep everything, keep the lights on, so to say. And, uh, you know, it's a really big honor for me that there's anybody out there who even wants to pay for it. And they are. So if you do uh, want to help support the podcast, please uh, sign up there and um, and uh, I'll give you a shout out over here on the main feed. So, yeah, so I think I got all the. Uh, oh, yes. And uh, of course, as always, I want to shout out uh, my Salium Signal podcast with my brother Constantine Tuanhovi from the Tuanen Porti. So go check out uh, check him out. Of course, we just released uh, our third conversation pretty recently, so you can listen to that on my podcast. And I should be doing an episode with him pretty soon for the Mycelium Signal, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, so yes, I did all the plugs. Now let's get into the episode. Like I said before, we have GK from the band Koo. Hope you guys enjoy, and hail Satan.
Well, I wanted to welcome you to the podcast. And uh, the uh, you said you haven't really done a podcast like this before, so yeah, welcome. And you know, well, thank you. Yeah, Thanks for inviting. Of course, yeah. I've been we've been kind of connected over over social media for a little while now, and um, and I you know I've, I've been a big fan of Cool since um, uh, I don't know a few years now. Because I, I found out about you guys from um, the split you did of Devil Cold because uh, I really like the Devil uh, Cold their first album and there's that like three way split with a coup and Devil Cold uh, and uh, the Cult of Cause split. Yeah, that one. So I kind of I found coup from that and then I dug into all the rest of your stuff and so I was I was looking forward to your album, your new album as well, which like I said before we start recording which i felt like it was like a step forward for you guys i feel like you're like pushing the pushing your your sound even further so i think that's very really cool yeah thank you very much uh we really like it ourselves too it was it took a bit while to record the whole album uh due to corona you know um i live in different city than the guys and it's not too far it's about one hour travel but during the corona it affected the things a lot the traveling for them back and yeah so. you probably weren't able to really like uh was were you able to like play together or was it kind of, of the things where you're kind of like having to to do everything separately or like when you made the album uh we couldn't basically uh do any trainings or like band rehearsals for a while together Right. Uh, even they couldn't do it. Then after a while, uh, they started to rehearse in Lahti without me. Um, and they sent me, of course, uh, demos of the songs during when it was hardcore Corona. And then after it was a bit more like easier, I started to travel there for them back, and like we started to rehearse as a whole band. Um, but yeah, we we are we are very happy with the outcome of the album and. We like it. I think one one thing that, because uh, obviously, Ku um, as a band and like yourself, you're very serious about the occult. And I feel like that is part of the why I like this album is because uh, when I look at the the song titles and and what the album is about, like you know, as a whole, like the energy of it, I kind of really relate to to what you're talking about. Honest, you know, like I think that's one thing that elevates. What you're doing you know and that's something that always was like um a part of the podcast was i wanted to have people on guys who are serious about you know the esoteric uh, world as well as their as well as black metal you know yeah like, um yeah that's true uh especially um i'm into um occultism and and also the album is like uh in a personal individual level and also in many levels uh interconnected i wasn't meant to write a concept album this is not a concept album to be honest yeah uh, when i looked at uh the lyrics when they were ready actually i saw that they are somehow interconnected with each other and uh i didn't write the whole lyrics uh i had like a couple of guests lyric writers for the album uh, like Johannes Nefastos, uh, founder of Star of Azazel, and right, and also Thomas Carlson of Dragon Rouge. I'm really thankful to them for joining, uh, and helping right. out with a couple of lyrics. That's a, wrote, those are some great guys to have 
contribute some lyrics you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it, it was like really a honor for me to have them johannes was uh johannes contributed in the ep and the first full-length album okay I didn't also know that. So, yeah. so this is the third time he's contributing um uh, he contributed to passion of Gestas, and um it, the idea came from me. We were traveling to somewhere uh, back in 2019. We were talking about guest us together. And I, I said, he's quite a like antinomian figure, in my opinion, while you are being cro in the cross and dying and you're offered salvation, you're still saying fuck off, you know, right. to salvation. It's quite hardcore. So should we write a song called The Passion of Guest Us? And he said, of course. I can contribute <laughs> to it. Then I asked from Thomas if he could join also for one song, and he wrote the Dragon Punk Writer song. Yeah. So yeah, um, the yeah. album is like more or less about um, there are no saviors beyond us. Right. We are our only saviors and also our only enemies, actually. Right. Yeah, we are both our saviors and our enemies, like equal measure. The, uh... Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and I noticed with with some of these things like the Sorathian pathways type of these things of like Sorath and the Black Sun and all these types yeah. of imagery kind of circling throughout. Like, which you know, of course, really the title is called Apotheosis, so it's really like like very much about uh, kind of achieving that apotheosis and the Black Sun and all that, all those types of everything that yeah. comes with that in a lot of ways right yeah um it was actually like a couple of years or three years ago in summer i had this one individual ritual myself and it came right after that and it's kind of connected to that yeah right. yeah like extension i feel like i feel like i feel like music the best like so much of the best black metal, in my opinion is something that's like coming out of actual experience you know and you know that somebody's have or or even like sometimes an extension of your internal work right like i mean a lot of stuff that i've made i feel like is like uh you know you're engaged in some type of ritual working that's affecting your your life you know the theurgic type of working and and creating a piece of art or piece of music you know lyrics uh, even even writing you know writing a book sometimes for some people can be the outward extension of this uh this theurgic work that you're doing right you know you're yeah. creating something i know i know because i know like a lot of uh um i can think of with the rune guild for example like i know that that's part of um their whole thing is that at a certain point you need to create something that's like your 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 rune work or whatever you know be a piece of music or a book or something that shows this outward uh, manifestation of the work you're doing you know what i mean yeah yeah i totally understand i mean like it was it came in a way naturally like um to um so contribute what is happening uh in my inner life and like write them and like manifest them in a way i just didn't want to 
you know, in this album, do it in a way like, like I mean, in the other albums, it was also like my, like, like um, I tried to manifest what's happening inside to art wars, basically. Right. So yeah, I agree with you in a sense. It's kind of an extension area. Sometimes uh, it can, I feel like, it can be a channeling too, of channeling some type of force you're connecting with, and like I've had, I've had those kind of situations making music where you sometimes feel like you're tapping into some type of uh, current or energy that's like pouring through you, and you just kind of it come, you know, you're kind of just the, the, the conduit for this power. Yeah, that can all that's happened to me as well. Yeah, yeah. I think there's there's different ways that it, that it goes, but I think that that's, that that's like the best thing for black metal. Those it has to come from some kind of a real real place, in my opinion. Like that, if it's like you said, like channeling the the inner into the outer, or being conduit for some type of you know a causal force or whatever it can be. I feel like that's like the that's for me that would be the goal of like what black metal should be. You know what I mean? Like it's not just yeah, music. Um... I mean, um, I agree with you, uh, but pe- there are people doing it different ways, and I respect their way of doing it. Uh, but uh, I agree with you; that's how black metal should be. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's other people doing other things, and that's okay. Like you know, sometimes I like some of the, that kind of music too. But for me, like the where for my own personal kind of, um, I guess you know, where I put the importance of the bands that I think, like, uh, I guess I connect to the most. It's usually this way, you know, like I'm going to, I connect most of the bands that are for real about what they're talking about, as opposed to, you know, putting on a show or something, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like there are bands like that for me. Like if I have to count, I'm more connected to Swedish scene in that sense. Swedish black metal scene more in a way. So I understand yeah. what. <laughs> yeah, looking at the kind of, uh, um, what's the what's the word? Uh, fanaticism of the, so much of the Swedish black metal. Yeah. Is like very much to be, uh, yeah, like Offermod and uh, all those types of bands. Yeah, I could say Offermod and also Dissection. Yeah. Is one of the bands which made me who I am basically nowadays. Like I'm a huge fan of Dissection since like I was a teenager. Maybe I was like 15 years old when I started. Yeah, like, I mean, 20 years ago. I mean, that's actually kind of a good segue for like, um, how did you get into metal and black metal and this whole thing? Like, how where did it all start? Ah, uh, I'm orig- originally from Turkey and like, um. During the uh, secondary school, I met a bunch of guys who were listening to bands like Metallica um, in the class, like Slayer, Iron Maiden, Sepultura, Pantera, and so forth. Yeah. You know the classics. <clears throat> and I started to listen with them. I was really interested. Uh, then it, it was really hard to find any records, or you had to travel to Istanbul or Ankara. To the bigger cities back then, then 
you know, there were those C cassettes that you could find from your friends or some copies of CDs or MP3s. It was like almost impossible to download stuff back then, you know. Yeah. Or those traditional modems and so forth. Then, then things got a bit easier, and we were able to buy the albums from our own city and so forth. And then I started to listen to bands like Rotting Christ and Dissection and Mayhem. You know, got into more satanic stuff. Uh, basically, that's how it happened. You know, it happened gradually in a gradual way, in a natural yeah. way. You just kind of yeah. you found you found the these these bands and that kind of changed your life in a way. Or you kind of like that's yeah. what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I started to listen to death metal also, like bands like Dayside from United States and like and this member from Sweden. And I, I was just learning English back then. And then I was like interested in lyrics. And I was like, while I was buying the cassettes or CDs, I was just opening the booklets and reading the lyrics, you know. And I was like trying to figure out what they mean. Then right. That's how I got in, you know. Yeah. That's kind of like uh, my friend, um, Depravarts. I did an episode with him. And he's he's from Mexico. And he... Uh, he um... Yeah, I know him. Yeah, and he he told me on the episode that that's part of how he learned English. You know, he's learning English, but part of what drove him to like really learn English was to read all the the cassette, all the the lyrics and everything for the music. You know, like that's what it's like. He's like, he's like, I probably wouldn't know English so good if I was I wasn't so like driven to know like what what yeah. they're talking about. You know. <laughs> yeah, he created our artwork actually for the split uh, cult of Chaos Serpent. Oh yeah, so probably... I, I awesome. Yeah, yeah, I can see that now. Like looking at the art again. Yeah, yeah, he did the did the uh, logo for uh, my band is kind of in progress right now. So, and wow. for a little while. Yeah, he's very really gifted, very very talented guy. Yeah, and he did. Um, he released album uh, this year, the Serpent's Lux album, which is pretty pretty good album. Like cool. one of the ones that one, one another album that I really like this year, and um yeah I've known him for a few years now but it's cool like uh, one of the benefits of doing this podcast is actually like you know getting to talk to people like yourself or like him you know and being like get a chance to actually talk to people that I probably you know maybe wouldn't have gotten that chance to talk to so much you know what I mean like how it's nice with the podcast. <laughs> Yes, um, I mean, like, uh, I have to admit one thing, like, I have been quite an extrovert and social guy, like, over the years, and, like, I realized, like, recently, like, maybe this summer, I'm becoming more introvert, and I'm, like, becoming less talkative, like, I don't know why, but uh, it's a bit like, how to say, I'm excited to be here, and I'm, 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 I'm happy to be here, but it's, like, sometimes, like, uh feeling quite how to say i don't know <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i think i know what you mean yeah i go like that i kind of went through a long period of a very extreme introversion where i was kind of like very into to, to the point that i really didn't talk to anybody for a while at one point a few years ago like i went probably 
six months where I barely talked to anybody at all, like, except for a few close friends. I'm about, yeah, it was about six years ago. And, uh, but I mean, that was also part of the internal process, you know, like sometimes you have these times where you need to be in silence and, and process things and figure, figure things out. You know, it's, I feel like that's part of the, the whole process, alchemical kind of process of transformation yeah. is you have these, these moments of silence and an inward movement. And then you have these times where you can progress and be outward movement and, and kind of be more involved with the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I understand. And silence is a key word here. <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh it's kind of like um being in these states of uh true silence where you're not filling your time looking at your phone or this kinds of stuff, like where you're actually just spending time with yourself, you know. Yeah, no no distractions or anything, no computer, no phone or no TV. I'm not even watching TV anymore, like I don't remember when it was last time. <laughs> yeah. It's kinda... Using it for watching Netflix every now and then. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really watch TV for... I mean, well, I've actually never had, uh, like, regular television my, my entire adult life. Like, um, I've just had, uh, you know, TV and, like, you know, your Blu-ray player or DVD player where, you know, back in the day was, you know, DVD, VHS player, whatever, you know, it's like... Uh, and then now, of course, you got, you know, your phone or your computer with all the streaming stuff. But that's, that's I just use it for for watching things I want to watch. I don't really like sit there and, uh, you know, like, um, I don't know, mindlessly watch stuff on on the TV. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like I feel like um, I remember somebody saying that that TV is probably one of the worst. Like just sitting there and watching like program TV that, you know, it's one of the worst things you could do for your for your mind, you know. Yeah, same goes for like any TV series, like binge watching them, you know, like like for many hours doing the same thing. Like it's like not for me, but I I like to watch sometimes, you know, some good movies or TV TV series or even documentaries. But right, yeah, it's, it's just like I I don't see it like anymore like investing time for many hours and sitting and doing nothing just you know watching it it's it's not for me yeah i found that at a certain point i had to kind of have this point where it's like okay um the things i watch have to be kind of contributing to exactly like like um whatever you know like they have they have to be things that that uh um are important to me in some way or you know or like uh contributing to like because you know so much so much art can be inspiring like it has to be something that's kind of like inspiring to me or you know stuff like that like that's how i treat a lot of movies you know yeah the ones that contribute to your actual uh creativity and inspire you yeah it's better to focus on those types of things rather than just watch whatever pre-packaged nonsense or shoving down your throat on tv or whatever you know <laughs> yeah or yeah. sitting on like TikTok for hours, like I, I've never, never do that. I never had that. Uh, I never will. <laughs> I actually don't have a TikTok, I guess. Or did I? I just opened it, I guess, some years ago, or like about a half year ago, if I can recall it. And I just looked at it for like maybe like a minute, then I stopped it. I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so i feel i don't really get it i'm like uh 
I, you know, Instagram is okay. Like, you know, Facebook, I mostly use it to connect with people. Yeah. Same you know, here. like, like if it wasn't for Instagram or something, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. You know what I mean? Or Facebook. So, you know, it's one of those things where it, it can be a really good tool. You know, I've said that in the podcast a few times. It's like social media can be a tool if you use it as a tool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it can be a distraction if you let it use you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Exactly, exactly. It can be the other way around. Yeah, which is always a danger, I think, in life. I mean, uh, you know, like uh, a lot of stuff, it's, uh, you know, like Gurdjieff would like, talk about like being somebody who, play, who plays life and isn't played by life, if that makes sense, you know, like, and um, it's very easy to fall back into being played by life as opposed to be, being the player of your life, you know? Exactly, like... Uh... Life can start to conquer you instead of you trying to conquer it. So, yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's the big part of the whole um, spiritual kind of left hand path is a very inner, you know, whole idea of become, becoming the black sun, like saying, like, you know, the dragon rouge in a lot of ways is like to be that kind of point where you're kind of, you know, yeah, like in a center of power in your life where you're not, you're able to kind of change your life and it's not even really about control necessarily in some ways i think but it's about just being somebody who's aware and who's able to kind of like you know like uh carlson thomas carlson always says like right you know rest in the arms of the dragon but in that that you're kind of aware and awake and yeah exactly you know self-awareness and driving force of your own life and yeah but the um this is say like when did you start coup like how long ago have you been doing it uh we started it back in 2013 i was singing for a band called solacite uh since i moved to finland uh since 2008 and we started it with our drummer back then in 2013 then uh, other members joined short after and we started working on the EP called Travesty of Light altogether. And I was still vocalist of um, Solacite until 2018. Then we parted the ways. Um, there wasn't any drama or anything. Just it had to be that way, basically. Yeah. Uh, so back to Q, um, we started recording the EP. And the first EP came out, if I... I remember was it 2015 then we were already like uh working on the album material back then so um we made the album which came out in 2016 from saturnal records uh which was called beyond flash beyond matter beyond death mm. uh, then we made the split and now here we are <laughs> right <laughs> now it's a new album yeah yeah the uh as i say like so so nefastos has been you said been writing lyrics for you for the ep and also the first album like how did you get in contact with him like uh like where how did that that kind of connection start well with who I uh, like uh nefastos nefastos yeah um uh 
I have been a member of Startup Azazel since 2010, basically. Okay. And I haven't been active there, to be honest, since now 2017 or 18. There is no, like, any bad blood or anything, just um, it's about arrangements and time, time arrangements, basically. So it's about my private life. Uh, so uh, I'm not able to contribute anything to Startup as well. So, yeah, I was a member, active member uh, there. So that's so. Right. Like I got kinda... to know him. And he's a good friend, a, a, a true brother. I bet. I've read all of his uh, books that are like in English, you know, and they have the uh, uh, Phosphorus. Yeah, Phosphorus and um, uh, what's the other one? Um, the one that's about the the fall of Lucifer. I forget the name because it's kind of complicated. Um, it's right there. Uh, Argar as in? Yeah, Argarism, yeah. Yeah. And then uh I've also have Catechism Lucifer as well. And then Yeah. I have the two of the uh, Star of Azazel um like the magazine type of thing or not, you know, not really magazine, but you know you know what I mean, like the the collections that has like the Yeah. All the pieces from different people. I have from different members, yeah. Yeah. So I have the first two of those as well. I don't know if they've done more, but uh, my friend like sent sent me those a while back. So. Um, yeah, I, I know the uh, zine. Can we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unseen fire, the magazine. I'd remember. Yeah, remind myself. Fire, yeah. yeah, the um, uh, yes, I have. I have the first two. I don't know if they did more, uh, but I just have the first two of the unseen fire. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're still um, like releasing new ones, making new ones. But yeah, yeah, it's on fire. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I I do appreciate a lot of Nefaus's work, like uh, quite a bit. Although I I haven't really been reading it for myself for a while. Like, um, I'm not really super into theosophy personally, so I kind of um, you know what I mean? Like that, that's always been kind of like the, the thing, like I find this stuff interesting, but the theosophical terms and stuff like that start to, I just like, I don't really connect, doesn't really connect with me personally. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, so I kind of, kind of like moved off onto a different, different tangent in a way. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. For me personally, it's the same. And uh, Blavatsky is a, a bit like, um, hard for me to understand still after all these years. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think it's just like uh, it's one of those things where I think for people who probably are very, very involved with that type of stuff, and they, uh, it's kind of like learning another language in a way, like all the the stuff that they that they're saying and they're talking about. Like, but if you're not really too familiar with theosophy and everything like that, it becomes a little bit, uh, I guess, a little bit. I don't know. I get lost, and I don't really know what they're talking about, and you know what I mean, and. Yeah, can be an issue. So for me, I think one of my favorite things by him for that reason is probably the Catechism Lucifer because it's very simple in a way and very clear. You know, I've always found that book to be one of my favorites of his. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think my favorite one is Phosphorus. Like, um, for the first time I started to read it, it was a bit hard to grasp, but more I read it, more I started to understand. I more I started to get into it. Like uh, during last thirteen years, basically. Yeah, I think yeah. when I, re I remember reading Phosphorus, and it was like um, the one thing. The one thing that I would say is that it really was like a um, that thing of like at the moment that I read it, it was like the thing I needed to read, to, um, and it really. Um, made me think in a different way, I guess, kind of challenge certain ideas that I think I had at the time and for the better in a way, like it kind of helped me kind of realize certain things. Um, but like, um, yeah, I haven't really gone back to it too much. I've only read it through like one time. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of one of those things. Sometimes you have those moments where a certain book comes at a certain time, you learn what you need to from it. And then like, I try to go back to read it and I just like, can't get too far in it you know what i mean like it's just not yeah. time for it to be read it again you know yeah um i actually was inspired by it in some songs that i wrote in past uh, or q and it's like um especially the necrosophia chapter yeah has lots of inspirations i got lots of inspirations from it and i come back to it every now and then still i read it like once a year still and also same goes with Kabbalah Clifford uh, and Gothic Magic by Thomas Carlson yeah like. I read I read that very often I actually I currently have um <laughs> I keep buying new editions of it because I have I have the second edition I have the third I have the fourth um and then uh well I think I missed one edition because I didn't buy the fourth I bought the fifth one because that was the last one that Ajahn, Ajahn did and then uh and then i bought the new one that man of sinistra put out which is definitely i think the best best one has because i really like the additional material that carlson put into it about the black sun and everything so okay i only have the first edition actually yeah i definitely recommend uh picking up like one of the newer like not not the se second the same as the first but i think like um the third fourth and fifth are all the same they're just different colors um okay. and then the new one has like a bunch of extra material as well but between those ones that has a has more stuff than uh more material than the, the first and second because i remember reading the second edition originally and and i mean that really blew that really uh blew things open for me because i had been re reading about the cliff off and these types of ideas like i had like um michael ford's stuff when he's talking about the cliff off and stuff i didn't really quite grasp it from ford's book alone for reading you know Kabbalah cliff off and gothic magic to this day i think it's the seminal text when it comes to understanding the cliff off you know like if somebody wants to have any kind of understanding even you know just for their own under for their own benefit of the cliff off i mean that's that's to me the go-to book you know i mean i don't think there's anything else that really it's a concisely tells you these things and also has so much information in that you can go back to it over and over again you know what i mean yeah 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 uh, i need to i need to pick the latest edition one of the latest editions basically yeah i recommend i recommend it i'm sure the last few ajna ones are not not very probably not going too much you know like but if you can manage to find the man of sinistra one i recommend it 
Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I think that, um, I don't know. I don't know who's selling them in Europe. Like, you know what I mean? I think that, um, I forget her name. Um, she's in Italy. I feel like, I think she was selling copies. She was like the distributor in this, in the Europe, but I think there might be other people distributing it. I'm not sure. Okay. I will check it out after this. Yeah. I'd ever recommend that. Yeah. Particularly if you're, if you like, you know, it's a book you read a lot. Like, I think you'll enjoy the uh, the additional material, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I actually didn't know there was additional material, you know. I'm a bit behind about this, so thank you yeah. for the tip. I, I yeah. will definitely check it out. <laughs> the uh, His newer book, too, Black Mass, was also very good. I don't know if you were able to pick that up, but that's a... Uh, not yet. Yeah. Not yet. That's a very, it's a very good book, like... Um, it really goes well with with Kabbalah and Goetic magic. With um, you know, they work well together. You know, there's like even more additional stuff in Black Mass that's that's very useful to to learn and everything. So they yeah, go hand in hand. Yeah, they go hand in hand. Yeah, like yeah, I have a lot of respect for for Doctor Carlson. Like you know, I mean, what he's done with Dragon Rouge and everything, and likewise. And you know, he's actually coming here in October. So, be after, oh. yeah, it'll be after this episode will come out after it happens, but he's going to be here at the end of October, which would be cool. So, uh, it'd be nice to actually get to meet him and everything. So, yeah, um, I haven't met him yet. Uh, I was in Sweden a bunch of times, but we didn't have a chance to meet. But yeah, that's really cool that you will get to meet him. He's very like. One of the central figures in in left hand paths and Western occultism, basically. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the important the Dragon Rouge is um, like when it comes to the uh, esoteric organizations like that exist. I think it's one of the most important. You know, like and uh, and also like um, the one one I always connected to quite a bit because of the whole draconian current i've always really been connected to that kind of draconian energy even before i knew really what it was you know um i remember watching there's a movie excalibur that came out in the 80s and in that movie like they're talking about the uh the breath of the dragon and the you know yeah dragon as this force of creation that merlin's you know weaving his magic from and um he has like his chant of making in that and I mean, back when I was, you know, a teenager, you know, really starting to to get into all this stuff like that was something that I ended up making use of. And I really connected this idea of the dragon of the earth, like this dragon forest, draconian forest. And it was just like very, for me, it was very natural, just the natural expression of who I was. And it wasn't until, you know, many years later that I even found out anything about, you know, that there was something called a draconian path, you know. <laughs> I think uh, I was probably in my twenties by the time I figured that out, you know. Yeah, you realized the resemblance afterwards. Yeah. So between yeah. between finding out about the Dragon Rouge and then um there's the author Michael Kelly. He has his books uh Apophis and he has this kind of uh his like form of the draconian current as well. And that's I kind of found both those things at the same time and I was like like oh it, you know this is like naturally like what i've always kind of gravitated towards you know what i mean like without even knowing that there was such a thing as a as a you know draconian path or whatever you know yeah kind of funny (laughs) 
yeah, those come like not as a surprise, but it aids you, right? Like you, you're like, wow, that was actually like in my life before I knew it. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever, have you ever had Or, any, any kind of feeling like that? Like where you're like, um, it's really hard to recall. Really, like, um, it's actually really interesting point what you pointed out, but. What I can tell is like I have always been like a fan of like horror stuff while I was a kid and teenager. Yeah. I was watching like uh, movies about vampires and stuff like that. And also like um I'm into too much into history. And like uh the lands where I was born was like once like mm, there was Roman Empire and like before that there were like ancient Greeks and like and also like um pythids basically yeah uh, uh in there uh and i have always been like a huge fan of the, those ancient sites you know where i was born and like i also visited in different cities and there are those figures uh, like um for example in ancient hytis there is iluyanka basically mm -hmm. Okay. Uh serpent uh is equivalent of dragon basically. Okay, yeah. So uh I have been like making a lot of like uh research about those back in time before knowing draconian tradition, basically. Yeah. So one way or another I was connected, I guess. Yeah. I think I think that's that's uh that is uh, the key, you know. I kind of had the same thing where I was very even like I was like, you know, three or four years old and obsessed with like you know, vampires and horror movies and that whole, you know, demons and dragons and all the kind of dark type of type of things was always very attractive to me, which I figured yeah. out like that's like one of the key kind of uh, I guess grounding elements of the of myself that that has remained the same since I was a little child. So I always kind of looked at that, like, you know, there's something to that. I think like when you're, you're very naturally being drawn to these types of, you know, what for some people might be considered horrific images and stuff, but you feel connection to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When I saw exorcist for the first time and so Pazuzu there basically. Yeah. Like I, I, I felt so connected to it in a way. So well, well, you got, you got, this ancient demon and then it has that connection to the history as well you know you can feel this kind of connection to something ancient you know which i think is really yeah. cool in that part yeah. yeah the uh i know like um uh i mean turkey's like one of the most yeah one of the most ancient kind of places in the world with like i mean you have uh what's that one site gobeki um I forget the name it's like the ancient temple that they think dates back to thousands of years like uh you before. mean yeah yeah exactly uh, it's like if i remember right it's like the most like earliest settlement known to human yeah history it's like it's like eleven thousand years old or even older yeah it's like older than sumer, sumer and older in egypt is like this and i mean the the site is very impressive what they what they built at that time as well so it's like it pushes back all the the whole like story that we're told you know what i mean of 
human yeah, history. There's, um, there's more that we don't know probably, and we will discover by time. I don't yeah. know if, if it is going to happen in our lifetime or so. So I guess the human history is going to be rewritten basically because of Göbekli de Tepe. Now things are like the narrative has changed basically. Yeah. Completely challenges the narrative, like, which, you know, I've always felt that humans are probably older than what we think, you know, it's just that they hadn't found these, this, this type of evidence like you see at Gobekli and it's like um well even uh you think about that um you can follow the trail of uh you know monolithic you know the monolith builders like the guy you know the people who build like the Stonehenge type of monuments. Um um it's lagging right now. Yeah it's lagging that's realize that you're completely frozen. <laughs> yeah Let's let it, uh, I'm going to pause for a second. Okay. We had a little, uh, little technical difficulty there, but I was, uh, what I was going to say is that in, in Turkey too, I, I, you know, like the monolith builders who like build like Stonehenge, these types of things, they have these types of stone circles that you can track from, you know, Anatolia and Turkey. And then it goes all the way across the Mediterranean. Like you can see this culture spread from all the way up to yeah. Britain, you know, which I always found very fascinating as well. You have this. And then, I mean, they also have uh, stone circle things like that up in. Um, uh, I'm losing you again. Uh, what is it doing? Okay, let's try this again. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna I'm gonna edit that out I think <laughs> yeah, little... it's like <laughs> technical issues happen so we can't do really anything about it no yeah but off a whole totally different thing but so growing up in Turkey like um uh was it easy to like you said like for a long time like you had a hard time finding metal albums stuff like that but was it something where like, I mean because Turkey's not really is like is more a secular state, right? It's not like you don't have like this strong like it's not like being in like Iran or something where you can't listen to this stuff, right? No, it's not like Iran and like it's like um secular state. Uh, I don't want to get into politics a lot, but uh, for the last twenty years things have been um, changing for worse there. Okay. But well, we have still gigs. You can buy records and you can listen to music. It's like. People are free to do anything, but there is also like um, uh, the president of Turkey, like has been like first he was prime minister, then he became president. Uh, basically, things are getting for worse there in many ways. Yeah, they're kind of going uh, towards that that kind of uh, more religious side of things, or just in general. Uh, more into yeah, like more into. Um, hardcore islamist but like i can say still like there are people like who doesn't want that like overhaul maybe half of the country doesn't want that kind of stuff right yeah i mean i would imagine it'd be kind of yeah i mean although it could be pointed out a country like iran who most of the people there are you know were very much about like freedom and you know like western type of stuff like they could still get taken over by you know small a minority essentially you know so it's 
it's always possible, but you know, hopefully it doesn't happen in Turkey because yeah, Turkey's always been. I know that bands used to, even back in the eighties, like I know that Mayhem play, tried to play a show in Turkey back in the late eighties, early nineties, whatever. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, like um, Mayhem played there with the original lineup in ninety two or ninety three. Uh, I'm not sure. I was a small boy then. I was eight or nine years old. I didn't know Mayhem that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, lots of bands played in Turkey, like Marduk. Uh, we played with my first band as their support in 2005. Uh, Rotting Christ played many times. Um, I cannot recall, really. Like, we have lots of gigs happening there. Uh, recently, Kraft played. Oh, really? Kraft played? The... Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And Urgel is going to play next month, actually. Oh, cool. I mean, during these 15 years... I was here. There were lots of festivals and gigs happening there, but uh, I cannot recall them all of them. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're 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 in. You're, I mean, it's being in Finland, like you're. You know, I'm sure you get a chance to see all those all those bands there too. So. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I can say one thing about Turkey. Like maybe things are a bit easier than than Iran. Right. But also, some things can be also a bit harder than Europe. So it's like a place of uh, how to say um, I'm trying to find the correct word. So it's like it's in between, let's say. Right. It's kind of I feel like that. that's always been the history of Turkey's is on the uh, it's on that cusp between Europe and in the Middle East in a lot of ways, you know, like it's always been kind of in the middle, right? You know? Yeah, it's connecting. Yeah, it's like we have um, a city called Istanbul. Everybody knows. Yeah. Uh, it's basically located in both in Asia and also in Europe. Yeah, it used to be Constant Constantinople. Yeah. It was the Roman Roman uh, capital yeah, exactly. there for a while. Yeah. The yeah it East was the Eastern Eastern Roman capital, yeah, yeah, for many centuries. So you had, you had Constantinople and Rome. What's what I found fascinating about Constantinople was that it wasn't sacked by the by um, the Islamic, you know, the the Turks or anything. It wasn't, you know, like the Islamic side of things. It was sacked by Christians, you know, during one of the Crusades. Like that's what that was the downfall of Constantinople. Yeah. these by, by Latins, uh, they were meant to, if I recall. If I remember right, they were meant to go to, you know, Jerusalem and stuff like that. They were meant to do the regular crusades, but they decided to stay in Istanbul and in Constantinople. And they stayed there like about 50 years. Then Byzantines got back there. Yeah. It was kind of like, uh, I, think it was, I think it was, I think, um, like, uh, merchants from, uh, Italy or something like that. We're like, oh, we can take take over Constantinople and you know make money and whatever. So yeah. they, they sacked the city. Yeah, and uh, actually, they were Catholics and and people in Constantinople were Orthodox and they destroyed a lot of you know stuff from Orthodox stuff. You know, like so they weren't really fond of those Catholics afterwards. Yeah, I'm sure. 
Yeah, they destroyed and they killed a lot of people. So like, and they stole lots of gold. They became very poor after that. Yeah, it's there's just an irony about that a crusade uh, against other Christians. I mean, that's just the kind of the nature of the religion. <laughs> I lost. Yeah. The um yeah, you see you didn't you, you didn't grow up though in the 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 big cities in Turkey, right? You kind of grew up like outside of like Uh I lost it's again lagging. Yeah. Uh what was the question? I say cuz you're saying that uh you didn't grow up like in the big cities like in Turkey, like you grew up kind of like outside the main centers, or I mean, uh, no, I, I mean, like, uh, it was a big city still. Like, I, I grew up in Izmit in a city called Izmit. Okay, uh, it's like one and a half hour, uh, from Istanbul. Okay, but it wasn't really easy even back at the late 90s, it wasn't really easy to find the records. That way, there was one record store basically in my town, and like there were, of course, like uh, bands like you could easily find like mainstream bands like Metallica or Pantera or Slayer, you could easily find them, right? But it wasn't very easy to find like bands like maybe Marduk late 90s, you had to travel to. Istanbul basically to be able to find their stuff and, right um but starting from early 2000s it was things started to be more available in my city but still we were traveling to Istanbul there was this one one passage like um one place uh which was full of uh, different record stores in Istanbul called Akmar we were going there basically to find the band merchandise and CDs and stuff like that. And around that uh, shopping mall, basically, there were also those pirate CD sellers, which were cheaper. They were selling MP3s and like, like copied CDs or cassettes. And if you didn't have the efforts, you were buying from them basically. Right. Yeah, you're like, oh, I can buy one real CD and then go buy a few of these uh, these burned CDs, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, uh, it's not something that I support nowadays, but, you know, things were not available back then. So you had yeah. to do what you had to do. Uh, and as a student who was going to like high school or secondary school, you had really small budget, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know. That's the thing, like, and I mean, that's part of like what drove stuff, like you know, cassette trading and all that kind of stuff. In the yeah, know, we also well. did those back back in time. So, cassette trading or copying for friends the albums that they didn't have, or or, or getting the copies from them that which the ones that you didn't have. Right. So what? I was introduced. I was introduced to many bands that way. <laughs> yeah. Again, uh, a cassette. Yeah. I mean, when. Growing for me, like in early, like it was like the early two thousands. Like me and my friends, sometimes we'd 
trade like you know over instant messenger or something like files like oh check this out you know or whatever it was kind of like that form of uh trading or whatever i'd rip some cds and send it to him or whatever yeah but yeah you know but of course you'd always have to want to buy this stuff like because you know you don't want to just have like rip cds of everything but you know that was a cool way to, to to discover certain things you know like my friend would send me something and be like you know check this out and suddenly good i have a new, new favorite band you know what i mean i'm afraid i'd find all their all their cds and everything <laughs> yeah good old days everything is so much available now i don't know which one is better like if things are available or not i don't know yeah i don't know it's, uh... i lost again yeah it's uh I say I don't know what's better to you know I can't I mean I guess for me I do really appreciate the fact that I can listen to stuff you know um when I want to but uh I think the one difference though from back in the days you get something um I think you'd probably like listen listen to it a thousand times more you know what I mean It's, uh... uh, I couldn't catch that well. So could you please repeat? Yeah, I was just realized it was like it was like freezing. I was saying that the difference I think is that when you can listen, it's nice to be able to listen to whatever you want to at any time. But I think back in the day, if I get a CD or something, I'm probably going to listen to that a thousand times more than now. So a lot of times, like you listen to something and then you're you're kind of like distracted by the next thing and then the next thing and back in you know the day like you had to you just listen to what you had you know what i mean uh yeah exactly like for example when i started the high school in 1999 it was the beginning of it was late 99 or beginning of 2000 uh first time i started to listen to dissection for example i got uh, from a friend uh, storm of the light spain on cassette and I had my Walkman and I, I was like, just, you know, it destroyed me. Like I, I was listening, to, I wasn't listening to anything for like next three months. I was just listening to the same thing over and over and over again. So, so those are precious times and really like missing those, those times, as you said, like, uh, when things are available, maybe you don't listen to it like over and over again. It's just, you know. Yeah, I think I think it's you know what I mean. Yeah, it's just too much sometimes where you're like you get overwhelmed or you're like listening. Like I find myself do that where I listen to an album and then, oh, now there's another album to listen to, and then there's another one, you know, and it's kind of like, then you have to be like, okay, now I'm gonna go back and re-listen to these things where yeah, before you listen to a lot more. I also think too that one thing that about back in the day is that each person had their own like um pantheon of albums you know and then everybody it was a little bit different so it'd be like i had this uh you know maybe i you know i have these albums and then my friend has these albums and they kind of are similar some of them are the same but they might all be might be a different mixture and so you kind of i think tend to have like a more individual 
type of influences going on from those things where now I think a lot of kids yeah. today can just like go through all the basics, you know, in an afternoon on Spotify or whatever. And, you know, like they can go down the list of like the albums they should listen to or whatever, as opposed to like for us, we had to, we had our limited amount of things, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like back in the day, there was more variety of like uh, in choices of people in that manner. Yeah, like every person had their their different things of what they had, and that could be very much depending on what you found. I mean, I you know very early on, I managed to find the Samayo Worship Him Blood Ritual double CD or whatever, and so that became like a very formative album for me because you know I found it very early into getting into black metal and. It became an album I listened to constantly to this day. You know, that this is something you find and you're like, oh, this looks cool. Like, you don't even really know the band or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff happens where it's like you, when you're going out and buying stuff, like you're also limited on what the place has. You're not able to just, just pull it up on, yeah, on exactly. the internet, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um for example, to give a personal example uh, from Swedish death metal scene, of course, I like Entombed, uh, big respect. Some friends were big fans of them, but uh, while they were a big fan of Entombed, I was more like into this member from Sweden. But, you know, you were learning from your friends while you were also teaching them. Yeah, that could happen, yeah. Like, um, for me, the big Swedish death metal band it was and always is grave like that because I, I found the yeah. the into the grave like the century media thing that had like the into the grave and had their like you know early promos and stuff on it and uh yeah i became obsessed with that you know and so then i went then i found you know entombed and dismember like a little bit later on so it's like it can a lot of times that can shape like the way you do things is like what you find you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, with Grave, uh, I got into them a bit later than this member and Intone, but big band, great band. Yeah, I love, and uh, I really love their demos. Like, they are one of those bands where it's like their demos are really quite killer. Like, they got that demo collection now that has like all of them, and also has the, I think it's the Future Faction was like their one side project i think it was but it has like all of those demos and it's just like um it's great stuff like you know and some some of them like the the vocals are just so sick you know they're just so like yeah. fucked up sounding they almost kind of remind me of tate on blood or something you know yeah yeah um good 90s stuff early yeah. 90s um actually i met a guy during last month in Helsinki Metal Fest, uh, a Finnish guy who was, who grew up in Sweden. He told like, he was going to the gigs of this member and in there while he was a kid. In those, you know, high schools, basically, they were playing while they were younger and I was like, wow, I, I wish I could do that, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, see, uh, I lost see you them. again. Yeah, I can hear you. It's funny.
But uh, yeah, you're saying the guys saw like all those bands like in the, the 90s. I feel like that's like, yeah, I would have loved to have been able to be back in time and uh, experience a lot of that stuff, you know, back in the 90s, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I would love that. And like, uh, I was able to experience like the end of 90s, basically. And it people are saying nothing is like the beginning of 90s. And basically, I'm missing those times a lot. And like, actually, as a musician, everything is more available also, not all, all, only as a listener. Like, it's easier to record, you can do your home setup, or, you know, you can just record the stuff in a rehearsal be, without going to in your rehearsal place without going to an actual recording studio so like times have changed a lot since then yeah i think i, I don't want to uh, overly romanticize 90s but still uh there are so much elements that i'm missing from those times even from early 2000s when i started to uh, with my first band yeah so you were yeah. saying no I, I agree with you 100 percent the uh it's easy to over romanticize that period uh, i think it's good to 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 keep hold of the magic that they that they created in that time and and okay. in the early 2000s i started making my music as well it was like there's a lot of that time period that i that i do miss like and i a lot of like um the black metal scene that I miss of like when it, you know, was a bit more wild, I guess you could say, you know, like, um, I feel like, yeah. I feel like there's, I feel like that's a part of what's in Blackmore right now. That's, that's a little bit, I find a little bit frustrating is the kind of domestic domesticization of it, you know, that's going on. Yeah. But I feel like, um, the benefit of today as opposed to then is, yeah, it's way more easy to, make you know record your music and and all that kind of stuff like which is a big benefit for sure because you know you think back back in the 90s i mean it was pretty expensive to be able to record your stuff properly you know even early 2000s i mean like it wasn't very cheap it wasn't very easy and it was it was expensive back in the days but yeah uh, in a way change is constant and we have to maybe like deal with it and like um there are benefits of also like of nowadays like how things are like so uh, I, I i'm not like you know i don't hate but there are some stuff like certain elements that i'm missing from the late 90s and early 2000s what to say yeah no I, I feel you on that but i would have liked to have been able to see like uh some of these bands live in the 90s or just be around with like the kind of energy that they they had but i feel like what's what's good is that all that music still carries that energy you know i was talking about you know like um what bands would i like to see yeah sorry Um, for interrupting oh you're fine um i would have really liked to I mean, i i love modern marduk very much like you know like their new albums like probably gonna be my album of the year but I would have yeah. loved to have seen like the early Marduk when shit was like real wild. You know, I've seen like videos and stuff of you know Marduk yeah. back in their nineties. You know, I would have liked to been able to experience that for sure. Yeah, um, I mean, I really like the modern nowadays Marduk and Mortus is like he's beast of a vocal. I mean, 
Oh yeah, favorite vocalists, and also the songs he writes for Funeral Mist is are like amazing. All the albums, I I love them. He probably writes some music for Marduk as well, but I can hear the resemblance. You know that this this sounds like now more to song when I hear it. You know what I mean. And but uh, I would like to see them also. Like I never saw them with Legion. It would be really great to see them with Legion and one one of the bands um, that I would really love to see would be Death. Basically, uh, I was a huge fan of Death while I was a kid. Basically, I was really upset when I heard that Chuck Schuldiner passed. Yeah, um, it's really sad, but. Uh, also, I never had the chance to see Dissection, even though uh, they, they never played in Turkey, but uh, they came till Bulgaria, basically. But I was like a university student back then when they came, and I didn't have quite much the budget to be able to apply for a visa back then and like travel to Bulgaria. Yeah. Like, if I knew, I would go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you knew it was going to happen. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I, yeah. I would, I would love to have seen dissection. Um, the, uh, um, yeah, I don't like, like with death metal, I would have really liked to have seen, um, I mean, I've seen more of angel with David Vincent when they toured for the covenant anniversary. I don't know, like 10 years ago. Oh, um, cool. uh, yeah. Was, I, I, I have seen them also with David Vincent, like, at least three times in Finland. Yeah. Yeah. And that was great. But I, I definitely like it would have been amazing to be able to go back and see them, you know, in uh, the early 90s, the kind of height, you know what I mean? Like during Busted Art of Sick or, you know, Covenant era. Um, yeah. Or even Deicide in that time, like around the, the first two albums, you know, like. Yeah. I mean, like Deicide was, they had their golden era in 90s, in my opinion. Like, um, I'm not very fond of their newest stuff, you know, uh, which came after 2000s. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, I'm primarily a fan of, uh, I guess, the, what would be the first four albums. So, you know, Deicide, Legion, Once Upon the Cross, and Serpents of the Light. Serpents you know? of the Light, yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, after that, I kind of don't listen so much. Yeah, me neither. Like, it was it like called. I don't know how to pronounce that, but Incineratehum. How do you even pronounce that? But the album that came out in 2000. After that, it's all like it's going. It's getting worse and worse, in my opinion. Yeah, I. It's one of those things like, um, yeah, I haven't listened to New Deicide in a while. Um, <laughs> you know, like in uh, Morbid Angel, I I like uh, everything except for that um elude album you know that that horrible yeah that horrible yeah. album but uh i feel like i feel like a lot of their i love a lot of their stuff because i still like the steve tucker stuff i like gateways to annihilation a lot and uh formula is fatal to the flesh um yeah he, he he's he's really great I, I like the stuff with steve tucker as well yeah and not... I, I agree with you uh, all the way until that album they're great yeah when you saw David Vincent sing for them, did like when I saw them, they 
played some stuff off of Gateways, but with David Vincent doing vocals, and it sounded really cool. Yeah, yeah, he, like he he was able to deliver those really good, you know. Yeah, like uh, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like his voice like aged real well, you know, and um, the um, I'm trying to think, yeah, one band that um I today would like to see a lot is Asphyx when it comes to death metal because like I I really like Asphyx a lot and. Uh, but they never come to the states, so <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, I can't recall if I have seen them ever, but great band, great band. Yeah, like I love his vocals. The uh, and they're they're one band that they you know reformed, and I feel like some their newer albums are actually their best albums, like so, which is kind of counter to a lot of bands, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I agree. The um, yeah, the point. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Like um, you know, some bands, some bands are able to just get better and better, or you know, stay really good. You know, like we're talking about Marduk. Like, I mean, I mean, they're they've been around you know for so long, and I mean, the new album Memento Mori is like, uh, it's just so intense and so dark and like um like just vital uh, you know what i mean like it's so cool yeah I, I really like it and it's really like brutal album uh is like it can almost be one of the classic uh Marduk albums for me like uh but for example a friend told uh like he stopped listening to it after two songs he in his opinion it's like more like they are trying to make something what they did in nineties, and it's not. There's nothing new in it, and uh, they are trying to copy the albums they made like in late nineties. Uh, and I was like, I, I slightly, di I disagree with him. Yeah, I disagree too. Yeah, the, I I think Marduk Marduk became better and better over the years. I I mean like. I love all the classic albums they have, like from nineties, like Opus Nocturne, Heaven Shall Burn, and you know, uh, and so forth. Panzer Division, but <clears throat> but in my opinion, um, they know what they are doing and they are getting better. Yeah, I think um, you know when he had. I remember in the early two thousands finding out that Marduk had added, you know. Uh, Mortus, you know, from Funeral Mist, you know, as the vocalist, I remember getting Plague Angel and being like, this is like the perfect combination of having, because, you know, like, I think Salvation from Funeral Mist is one of the best black metal albums of all time. It's on my list, you know, it's my top 10. And, um, you know, like, yeah, same here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, and I really, you know, uh, Rum 512 was one of my favorite ones that they did with him so far. And I feel like, I feel like Memento Mori is stands right up there next to say ROM five twelve or or you know Wormwood or all those albums and it's like I would definitely disagree with your friend because I feel like you don't turn it off of two songs because you didn't even hear the, the the album I mean like there's a lot of variety on this new album you know and they got stuff like the shovel beat or shovel beat scepter or even the last song which really pushed 
them into a different direction than even what they've been doing on the last few albums. You know what I mean? Was it called As We Are? Yeah, As We Are. Yeah. Oh, that song. Yeah. yeah, great song. Great album. Uh, yeah. I mean, there, there are many people who agree with my friend as well. So, uh, yeah. It's yeah. all about tastes. You know, you can't do anything about it. Everybody has different tastes and different opinions. So, yeah. That's, yeah. We're, that's, we're talking about that even before we start recording. Yeah. I feel like everybody has, you know, a different opinion and, you know, some people's opinions like align of certain things and they don't, don't on others. But, you know, like, um, I don't know. I feel like I think the thing like black metal right now is that black metal is like, um, I think that it's in a pretty good state and all, all things considered, you know, you do have this, like I did mention the kind of domesticization of so much of, but I feel like that's an external force trying to, trying to push itself upon black metal, but there's still, you know, the rebels is real, you know, the real black metal, like uh, rebels existing and making black metal, like the way it's supposed to be, you know what I mean? And, and there's, there's, it's still very much alive, you know? Yeah, of course, it's it, it's definitely alive, and I agree with you. And when you think about it, like it's about the perceptions, you know, we are different individuals. Even though you're friend with someone, you cannot have the same taste, same. You cannot like or dislike same things, basically. Like so, it's about the perception, and that's it, basically, for me. Yeah. Put yeah, in and a simple way. And I can be. I can. I'm the kind of person like I don't need to agree with everything and be friends with people, you know. Like I can I can di agree to disagree with a lot of people because I'm pretty, you know, I accept people for who they are and what you know, even if they have yeah. opinions that I don't really agree with. I mean, for the most part, like unless they're total assholes, you know. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, you know, it, we can live and let live, in my opinion. And, um, yeah, we can agree to disagree always. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's important. You know, I think that's a really important part of keeping uh what we have in the west alive you know it's very healthy way to do it you know like agree to disagree otherwise well, the life your life will be a chaos i mean not your but you know overall like whoever <laughs> mine one thing i think is amazing about black metal is that it is a genre that well in a lot of ways i feel like is very much an expression of this kind of you know, it's coming out of Western Europe in so many ways, but it's like able to, it's universal at the same time. There's people all across the world who connect with it, right? You know, and I feel like it's just such a, a powerful force, you know, that, you, which in a lot of ways can unite people because, you know, you have people all across the world and we're all, we're all like engaged with black metal, you know, as something important to us, you know? Yeah, everybody is engaged in their own way and yeah it has a unifying force even though like um the main point is not that basically maybe i'm not sure <laughs> yeah it's kind of a funny thing uh, yeah contradiction yeah contradiction yeah it's like contradiction is that you know i have been thinking about my own contradictions in life and overall in world all the contradictions so that's what makes world really interesting place and this life an interesting thing, you know. Yeah, I'd so. agree. I think contradictions are very important, you know, the whole union of the opposites, the ability to hold 
contradictory things at one time, you know, and, and realize that there's truth in both. I mean, that's a very important thing in life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There arises a certain type of energy and like, like basically creation, creativity. You can create by contradiction, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think create, I think creativity is so often sparks from, from, contradiction from from adversity in some way like this kind of um like uh in the runes there's the rune uh Nalthus, which is like this the the uh the need fire it's like this this type of um friction you know this friction which creates the fire which leads to to yeah. you know illumination and inspiration you know and i feel like that's very important you know yeah yeah, I'm not very big in runes, to be honest. Um, I have been more into Jewish mysticism in that sense, and also Hinduism. But um, I have to uh, keep an eye on it. I have, I, I feel like I should read more about runes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've been practicing with runes since I was like a teenager, so it's very natural. Like it's one of those things. Sometimes I, I try to express certain. Uh, certain concepts and um because i'm because i've been working with runes almost my entire life it's kind of like i kind of think in those types of terms sometimes where it's like it's easiest for me to just <laughs> uh explain the rune and then kind of explains what the concept is you know what i mean <laughs> yeah that's that's really interesting i mean like um uh, I, I didn't have anything against or so forth to you know just clear things out but um i really need to read and understand more I know some concepts, basic concepts, but that's it, basically. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's interesting. You know, I feel like for everybody, whatever calls to you, you know what I mean, is is great. Like, um, but it's always good to have information too, and it's good to have like uh, information. The, run the runes are a very powerful thing, and um, you know, they're very primordial. You know, I think they're universal in that way. They speak to like universal like forces in the world. You know. Yeah, yeah, I agree um back to friction and fire that you mentioned uh, basically when you you know you know hit two rocks that that's how our ancestors made fire basically so there's like friction there so yeah it's the same thing an example, very simple straightforward like example yeah it's like it's from that friction that, that the fire arises right you know yeah, exactly exactly on the uh, friction of two stones and that's that's kind of i think where the the fire of uh inspiration and illumination and all these things comes from this friction you know it's it's an, i think that's the whole thing of the adversarial path is that it's this it's a path of friction you know creating the black flame you know yeah exactly um more i get older more i started to understand that all the problems and all the advertisers adversities sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did, did i pronounce it right yeah yeah adversity yep adversities uh and all those problems and hardships make me who i am basically and like like they have a like when i understand those things i'm able to conquer myself and understand myself better and like they make me stronger basically 
I, I'm not actively seeking out problems and you know going out and like seeking fist, fist fights or anything like that. I don't want to be misunderstood, but you know there are always problems in life. Yeah, I agree. It's the the problems that arise that you have to 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 engage with and and deal with and and uh, yeah overcome yeah and uh, be it an internal problem that you 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 know we can be going on in life and everything can be okay and then for some reason inside of our mind something can arise you know some problem can arise you know or it can be an external problem you know either way like but those things are, are how we learn and grow and um become stronger and there's so many times in my life where i'll be in a bad position uh, you know something will arise and I'll, we have this kind of period of of um you know having to deal with issues problems and stuff and I'll, I'll come to the other side and realize oh like i'm actually in a better position now than i was before but it was like the universe or maybe some of the forces i work with or something were like you know if we don't if it, if this this issue doesn't arise now you're not going to grow or develop or change like you're just stuck in like some type of rut or something and you're not able to see that you can become some, be another place so sometimes these adversity helps you kind of think in a yeah. different way and push yourself yeah. in a different way you know yeah it helps you to grow basically like out of the situation or out of the uh it helps you grow in many ways like mentally spiritually whatever you call it even physically like yeah if you think about it like you know we can't get stronger without that friction the same friction you know if you're like weightlifting for example if you do if you lift weights it's the same type of thing you're you know you're doing these movements and creating that movement creates this kind of you know um yeah no pain no gain yeah you know and, and you have to it, it's a, it's also like you know you're having you know lifting a heavy weight your resistance you know you're like fighting over this resistance which is creating the growth that you need to make your muscle stronger you know yeah exactly that's really good um example to give in my opinion yeah that's something i, I thought about a while ago and then yeah it kind of just came to me again i just remembered that. i was like yeah you know weightlifting in a way is, is definitely a manifestation of this like um working out whatever you know that's why so many guys that i know who are very religious about you know going to the gym or you know working out or whatever are sometimes the guys who have their lives most in most in hand you know yeah like yeah, some, uh, yeah please i say so like a lot of the guys i know like i mean say like um i don't know if you're familiar with the band trivax my friend cheyenne from trivax i mean he's like crazy about it you know he goes gym he does all this stuff and i mean he's really even in the you know i think i've known him a year or two and even that time just seeing his growth as an individual you're just like man like it's just crazy like what having that kind of focus and you know yeah persistency is really important in many things if you want to master some uh, call it like um, bodybuilding or like being musician or like even like um like i heard about coding also software development to give more like like different examples from life so like you know practice makes one master we have a saying yeah uh, i tried to 
you know, translated into English. I don't remember how it went in English, but yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, practice is is uh is really important, you know. You can't be a master at something um and never yeah, never practice, you know, never never grow what you're doing, you know. Yeah, I for example, to give an example um uh, from the singer of Akerontas, Nikolaus is a good friend. Uh Yeah. I remember he's saying once that books are empty shells without the actual practice. So I agree with him like 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 you should be able to put the good stuff that you read from the books into practice so you can grow basically so otherwise they they don't have any help. Yeah, I agree a, a thousand percent, you know, uh, when you're, yeah, you have to put the things you learn from a book into practice and, and, uh, and live it, you know, it's kind of put your money where your mouth is type of thing, you know, you have to, to live, it's a manifest what you learn into the, into the real world around you. Um, it's like, yeah, very important concept to me with, uh, with everything, you know, and, Particularly when it comes to the esoteric or the occult path, like, you know, you know, you, like there's a lot of people who like to get, collect books and just read them and they never do anything with it. And, you know, I guess that's okay for them. But for me, like, uh, I think it's important to put into practice what you learn, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, uh, I respect people who doesn't want to, of course, it's their own choice, but I agree with you 100% about that. Yeah, I think that, I don't know, to me that, that, to me, that's the whole purpose of writing these types of books is to have some, you know, something that's affecting the real world and inspiring people to push themselves and grow and develop and, you know, experience life directly, experience these, the forces uh, directly, you know, uh, grow. And, you know, I think that's a yeah. really important, important thing, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with, with that totally. Um, yeah, please. I was gonna say, like, um, we're talking about growing and everything. I mean, uh, bring it back to your to your new album. I feel like that was one thing that I really heard on the album, which I really appreciated, was that you're growing and transforming the the band and its expression into new kind of directions. You know, like, uh, thank you. Which I I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's like a manifestation of exactly what we were just talking about, right? You know. Yeah, um, we did some stuff slightly different than the first album, and things came out really natural in a natural way, and um, how to say, uh, it wasn't really easy for me. The recording pre process was really for me individually. It was really painful time of my life. And like in a men in mental levels, it was like really hard. And I think it's like the in a way manifestation of those mental hardships came out in a natural way. And and I'm I'm really happy with the result. And we also uh, I was saying like we did some stuff different in this album, like we decided long time ago we were really happy with the person who recorded our first ep and the album 
full-length album. Uh, we recorded the split on our own. We decided to record only the drums with the guy who recorded the first uh, records, uh, the EP and the full-length. And we decided to record the guitar space and vocals with some different guy, and he also mixed it. Uh, uh, and also a different person mastered the album. So we got, let's say, it's close, it's quite close to what we were aiming for. It's not maybe 100%, but I would say like 99% what we aim for so yeah yeah that's, i don't know if i answered what you were referring no. to but yeah no i mean and that's uh getting 99 percent of what you're trying to get to is is always great because I, I feel like nothing you, nothing ever is exactly what you're shooting for but what can arise is 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 good and good as well you know what i mean like i've had have that happen where you know you're trying to do something and then you know you it's close to your vision, but then there's this element that's maybe not what you envisioned, but then that's actually a positive thing in a way because it's created uh, created something unforeseen, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. And and let's say let's see like we have some plans to we are not going to wait another six years to make another album basically, so we are going to start working on new stuff soon. That's good, yeah, yeah. Good, not not wait so long for another album, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like um, we had to split in two thousand eighteen, so uh, I don't want to blame Corona or everything, but uh, this could have been a bit earlier, like two thousand twenty one or twenty two, even, but. But I, I'm happy at the end. Like it's not about like the quantity; it's about the quality. What you deliver. I I have nothing against bands who are delivering like constantly in every second year or every year some record. Uh, there are great bands who are able to do that, and they are delivering really good albums. Some of them might be better. Some of them might be worse than the other one. Uh, but. I don't know for me personally it's not like working that way like i wouldn't be able to like human the way like possibly like make album every year at least right. with the same ones <laughs> right and we kind of maybe need to, to have different projects or something <laughs> yeah i actually have some different projects coming this year and next year what are, what are yeah. some of your other projects um one of them is not a project it's actually the whole band uh i you know nihil cows from turkey yeah we made split with them uh in 2018 i wasn't singer back then and um the guitar players also turkish he lives one of the guitar players is living in uh netherlands he's the founding member um our ex vocal vocalist uh is actually like he got sick back in uh, late 2008 and early 2019. Then they asked me to step up for the vocal duties and I accepted they're my good friends. And we actually lost him in like a couple of years ago. Oh no. Yeah, uh, so I have been singer since 2019 and we are 
working on the full-length album now and um the pre-production of the songs are almost ready so we are going to hit the studio like maybe in a couple of months that's what we aim for and actually we did one single with the band like a couple of years ago yeah and aside from that i have another project that i have been working on and i we have been cooking it for like since 2019 uh called aherat so everything is recorded except um except my vocals we were meant to record them um in at the beginning of september but i got injured from my left leg so we had to postpone it we are planning to record in like around the end of october so after that we will quickly mix and master it and it will be ready basically cool so you, yes. do you think that'll uh, be out this year or do you think it'll be like early next year sorry do you think that one will be out this year or early next year i think it will go everything will go to next year it, it all depends on like if we find a suitable label and if we cannot we have the option to release it ourselves so it, it all depends i mean like i'm not going to spend too much time to look for labels i will send to send to promo to a couple of them if they would like to release it they release it if they don't then we have the option to release it ourselves but yeah. it definitely go to next year. Cool. Hopefully before summer. Yeah, this will be a couple of things. Yeah, I like I really like the Nighthill Chaos because I I um uh, after hearing that split, I also checked them out as well. I really like their material. Thank you. Uh, it's a bit uh, more challenging band in many manners. It's like uh, the uh construct of the songs how they are they are more abstract and they are more um they're not easy to sing so to say right we yeah. have some plan we, we have some plans to do live shows and uh during like these years we had a couple of uh rehearsals in Turkey in Istanbul I mean, it was fun. I, I'm not complaining. It's something we talked about hardships, you know. So it's helping me to grow my and my vocals become a better vocalist. So, so I really like it. Yeah, we will, yeah. We'll it's a good. It's a challenge. Like, yeah. Sometimes those types of situations, like when you have to be the vocalist for something that you you didn't necessarily write, you know, you have to kind of understand that different differences in the music and then that can maybe yeah. challenge, challenge you to approach the vocals different and then that'll bleed over to when you write new music because now you've kind of learned some new things from from the whole process yeah yeah and it's a, it's a good challenge and i i accepted that challenge so no complaints uh and i'm happy that it, it's different than q basically because what would be the point, you know, singing in two exactly identical bands? Yeah. <laughs> to do like same thing. Like I, I, I could continue doing it with Q. So 
Yeah, I would agree with you on that. It's it's good to to you know each one of your different things be different, like not be. Uh, I'm just gonna play for you know singing two different bands that are exactly the same. Like if you, <laughs> you're not really growing in that case, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, on top of those things I mentioned, there are a bunch of other stuff like this project that I did with my friends years ago in 2017. Uh, we released something actually, but nobody knows about it. So uh, we are going to record something new with it. Uh, maybe in the future I can share it with you. Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, and also I have plans to do some ritual ambience on my own at some point when I find the right time from life, like from the bands, from my kids and from, from work. So we will see about it. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm a big fan of ritual ambient stuff, like very much as well. Uh, I listen to it quite a bit. Like, yeah, same here, same here. Yeah, I, I definitely I'll have times where I pretty I'll be listening more to ritual, you know, ambient stuff than even black metal. You know, like I get these types of moods sometimes. And um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What what are your favorite ones? Um, I really love uh, Corona Barathri from Russia. Um, I love uh, Nordvarger Nordvarger from you know from Norway. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, Trey Panning Ritualen from Germany. Yeah, same. Uh, yeah. Uh, Lust Mord, of course, you know, classic. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of all of Michael Ford's ritual ambient stuff, like the Octia and, you know, his newer Darkness and Shroud stuff and, you know, all the stuff from his past, like Valifor and, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. And, um, of course, the August album is a classic, you know, one that I love very much. Yeah. Uh what do you think about for example uh, Shibaba? You heard? Yeah, yeah, big fan of Shibaba, yeah, the uh, project from um from Nicholas. Yeah. Also I'm into I don't know how to pronounce it, but Shunde in Seglet? Swedish. Oh yeah, I think I know which you need. I don't think I really listen to them so much. Okay. Yeah. The uh yeah, that's a, also yeah, I need I need to check check that out. Yeah, I think you asked. I'm like I know the name, I've seen it, but I I don't think I've really listened to him so much. Yeah, yeah, uh, I understand. Yeah, I also a big fan of MZ four one two for like more, you know, no more. I guess I guess they're more on the industrial side of things in a lot of ways, but I really like his stuff. Yeah, they they have really good stuff as well. Uh, what are some other bands that you they like a lot? Uh, in ritual ambient, yeah, like ritual ambient, dark ambient, that kind of stuff. Um, I like those ones that you mentioned a lot. Uh, on top of those, like I, I could say, like I'm big fan of Shibalba. I'm listening to them a lot, and also like Shunda Inseglet, as I mentioned. Um. Also, like it's not maybe ritual ambient, but um, it's a bit maybe different. But I like I really like Dead Can Dance. For yeah, example. yeah, I love Dead Can Dance. Um, uh, 
Another band that's have you listened to Treja Sectori? Excuse me. Have you listened to uh, there? That's a project called Treja Sectori. Uh, I can't really recall. Yeah, I have to send that to you. Like they're very, very. It's a very good virtual ambient project as well. Yeah, uh, I would be happily listening to it. Yeah, please send it. Thank you. Yeah, I have to send it to you. I do like a lot of like non virtual ambient, dark ambient stuff as well. That you know, like City's Last Broadcast and you know whatever, like uh, stuff that's like more creating like a dark atmosphere or an atmosphere of like ruined places or like raison d'etre stuff like that as well. Yeah, like, all that's good to me too. Yeah, like uh, there are like some bands, like for example, like. Like very straightforward example, I think Uber is really good at doing that, in a way. Like outside ritual ambient, I I really like their albums. Overall, yeah, all their their kind of um, electronic albums. Yeah, and, yeah, the different. Yeah, they're always you know they're always doing something different on everything. Yeah, yeah, the all of the albums are like they are all different than each other. Yeah. I feel like that's yeah. I feel like that's like the the one consistent thing that's over is that every album is going to be different from the last one. <laughs> yeah, ever since they ever since they first started, you know. Yeah, yeah. I love all this kind of music. I'm and I really love uh, when dark ambient or ritual ambient like melds with black metal as well. When you have albums that that kind of ride that line between those two things, you know. Yeah, um, for example, um, I like a lot of uh, cold meat industry bands, if you know the label from Sweden. Yeah, of course, yeah. There's so much good stuff on there. What's MZ412 in there? Yeah, they were on there. And uh desideri marginis so it's like they're a cold meat i believe yeah yeah in slaughter natives yeah poisons and order rosarius equilibrio yeah oh i didn't know that yeah yeah but overall um it's a cool uh... Oh yeah, hopefully you get around to making some of that of your own, you know, like something that I've like wanting to do as well is to make uh some type of ritual ambient stuff, but uh I haven't really gotten around to it yet. Yeah, um I have been recording stuff like for many years now. I have been experimenting different stuff, but um I had a break like for last one year, so I think I I was like go back to those old recordings and start to also like try to do something new. So yeah, basically yeah. it's quite busy in many ways, but things are going a bit slowly. But it's not always in my hands to you know speed the things up. Like if it is not my own, like if it. I'm not if I'm not alone, if it is a band, things go naturally like as they are supposed to be, like there are individuals individuals included. So yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. When you're dealing with a band, it can be, uh, you know, you're dealing with different individuals and, and it kind of has to go the speed it goes. I, I have that, that I, you know, same experience, you know, it's like, you know, you're working on something for, for a long time because maybe you have periods where you're not able to get together or whatever. It can take a while. Yeah, it it usually does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The um I'm gonna have to close out here in a sec in a few minutes, but um yeah, I really I've enjoyed uh talking with you. I'm glad now we our uh, technical issues kind of kind of went away for a little bit so we can we had some time where we could actually talk like straight. <laughs> yeah, um it was really great to be here. Uh thanks for inviting me. It was really great talking with you. Uh, yeah, thank you. Of course, yeah, yeah, it was great talking to you too. I mean, uh, um, I don't know. Like I said, like I said, beginning. Um, one thing that I love about doing this podcast is is getting to connect with people and uh, across, you know, and getting to know people. And it's been uh, really, like I, uh, you know, it was a pleasure, uh, honor having you on. So thank you. Same here, and um, it was like this was, as I mentioned, my first time, so I was a bit like uh, sometimes locked, uh, like maybe I wasn't able to express myself the way I wanted, but uh, I guess it went how it went. So thank you very much for this. Yeah, no, it was it was great. So don't worry about that. You know. Uh, uh, the uh i've had i've had quite i've had a few people his first time doing a podcast like this and uh you know i hope that um hope that uh so um i make it you know try to make it easy you know like yeah just talk and you know it's a good conversation that's what i like to do so let's do it again someday in the future yeah definitely we'll have to do it again there, there's some you know other things i wanted to talk to you about so we should definitely do uh do a second time yeah sure awesome that would be really great um great well have uh, a great saturn day <laughs> you too yeah or, uh, i guess yeah we're, we're in the witching hour now here so you know okay. you, saw, <laughs> you, saw, you saw you saw the rest of your day so <laughs> thank you Thank you. So keep in touch. Have a great day or night. Bye.